come and deck the halls. It's going to be in this room in the AC at 1015, but the decorating starts at 830 just to make it a really special morning for our participants. So we encourage you to show up and to enjoy. We just sent out a survey quite recently. It was a digital survey asking people how we're doing with our communication. We're trying to improve and optimize so that we can share what God's doing here in the best way possible for everybody and their preferences. So if you got that and you didn't have time to fill it out, encourage you to do so. But if you're a paper copy kind of person, we've got some um, uh, surveys on the welcome table. encourage you to pick those up on your way out and to send those in. We also have a big thing coming up the first week of June. VBS is happening. And we're so excited about that for our kids and our parents. So that's happening from 9 a.m. to noon. Actually, it's all booked up, which is a great problem to have, but we do have a waiting list. So if you know anybody who wants to join or if you're watching and you'd love your kids to participate, go on our website on our homepage and you'll see where you can contact Anna White, our director of children's ministries, and she'll be sure to put your name on the list. And then lastly, just got some heavy news to share with you all that Betty McCallan, a church member here, passed away, sadly, on Saturday. And so we ask that you would continue to pray for her and her family, and we will be sure to let you know uh, if there is a memorial service and all of those details. Now I invite you to put all of what I just said down, to breathe, to breathe in the goodness of God, and let's worship Him. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we've got tonight to be in your presence in a really special way. We thank you for these incredible musicians, these vocalists, these artists that you've gifted with talents that they are sharing with us tonight so that we can draw near to you. Empower them, Lord, to lead us as we sing your praise. Thank you for each person joining us here in body and abroad. And we ask that you would pull up a chair and speak to us, for we, your servants, are listening. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's so good to be back this week since last week. All of the girls were gone, and it was an all-male band. <laughs> Um, but it's so good to be back, and I invite you all to stand as we sing uh, What a Beautiful Name. You are the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation Now revealed in you are Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. 
next song, um, you may have heard it. It's called Oceans. Uh, yeah, it's really a beautiful song. We just spoke about Jesus who has defeated death. <laughs> you know, we know what he can do. We've seen it. We've heard about it. This is the same God who calls us to follow him no matter where he leads. He's trustworthy. He's proven himself to be trustworthy. So this is a song. This is our response to that, saying, God, I will follow you. Spirit, you lead me. I'll follow you wherever. So join with us in singing this.
Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. And one of the things I absolutely love about this service is the intimacy of it. Just the closeness that you get when you're just together, people you know, and people maybe you're meeting for the first time. And so, as we sit in just a couple passages tonight, I invite you to take a deep breath. That even though the sun is setting, the brightness of God's love is never going to set on us. And he's got plans to speak and to illuminate for us something that we need to hear. And as you take a beat just to breathe after that incredible music, I invite you to breathe in these words that first come from the book of Psalms in the very first verse. Happy are those who don't follow the advice of the wicked. Happy are those who take the path that those who do not take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They're like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in due season and their leaves, they don't wither. In all that they do, they prosper. And I invite you now to hear these words from Jesus himself. Words that he was just speaking to God. But now I'm coming to you. And I speak these things in the world so that they, my disciples, may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I do ask you to protect them from the evil one. They don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. So sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. This is the word of our Lord. 
Thanks be to God. So my wife, Francesca, and I have been here three months, like almost to the day. And we've been exploring all over Memphis and Germantown, up in Bartlett a little bit. We find ourselves spending a lot of time in Midtown, like the Overton Square area and East Memphis. It's phenomenal. There's great restaurants. And there's something that I've noticed. I've noticed that the fashion of the 1990s has come back in full force. I'm talking tie-dye t-shirts and whitewashed jeans, and my colleague shared with me that that did not start in the 90s. It started in the 70s, but it, we thought, died <laughs> in the 90s, and yet it has come back around. And when I was growing up in the 90s in Florida, it seemed like every article of clothing we were trying to get to glow in the dark at night. That was the era of Chia Pets. And I do remember commercials for Pet Rocks. That was actually a thing that someone got rich off of Pet Rocks. But one of the biggest parts of my childhood in the 90s was a restaurant that typified the first like 10 years of my life. And it was one I went to with my grandparents all the time because they loved it. It's called Piccadilly. And Piccadilly, I thought, is where the cubed jello was invented, but probably not. But Piccadilly, as many of you probably know, is where there's like 50 yards of just display windows where you can pick your food, and it all looks gorgeous, and it tastes phenomenal. For whatever reason, when I was a kid, I loved to load up my plate, it's a little gross, with cubed ham. And they, you know, they have these little tiny cubed hams, and they're perfectly cut, all of them. But I remember it fondly, but I also remember that Piccadilly died in Florida in like 1999, and we thought it was gone forever until we moved to the greater Memphis area and discovered there's not just one Piccadilly here. There are six Piccadillys here. There's one even called Piccadilly to go. And I don't even, it's like the Jimmy John's of Piccadilly. I don't understand. But if you count the seventh one, which is just across the state line in northern Mississippi, that is insane. And as soon as we heard about it, we did not know how to articulate all the feels that were just bubbling up in our hearts at that very moment. It was amazing. We loved it. It was exciting, and all of these big questions bubbled up like, where are we? What, what kind of play? It's like looking and seeing a blockbuster everywhere. Like, you think it's gone. It's not gone. There is actually one blockbuster still left in North America. And all of these big questions that were bubbling up because we encountered this experience that shocked us out of where we thought we were that we were in 2021 and Piccadilly died 21 years ago, it didn't. In that kind of shocking experience where big questions start to bubble up is actually exactly where the disciples of Jesus found themselves in the passage that we just heard. 
So it's late at night, and this is Jesus' last meal with his best friends. And he's trying to share it, and they were having a great time till about 10 minutes ago when the party slowed down and when Jesus got very real with his disciples and said one of them is going to betray him. And you guys, a lot of you know the story. Judas, that guy, dipped out and it got real awkward and real uncomfortable. And Jesus gives this final teaching and then at the very end of his last teaching to his disciples, he doesn't even move his body. He just pivots and starts praying. And he prays to his heavenly father. And he's talking to God. God talking to God. It's like an internal monologue, an aside. And it's fascinating because you don't see that that much in Scripture. Most of the time it's God over here, us over here, learning. But this is a rare moment where we peer into the very heart of God and we see something we don't expect. Jesus is worried. He's worried about his disciples and all of the people that he loves. And I imagine this worry bubbling up in him a lot like the way a mom worries when she drops her kids off at school or at summer camp. Just as the van door closes, she gives some parting wisdom of be nice, don't get hurt, don't run too fast, I love you, I'll be here at 3.15, goodbye. It's that quick, panicky, I love you, stay safe kind of maternal voice that we hear in Jesus. He's asking God to protect the people that he loves because of this odd phrase that he says, because they don't belong to the world anymore. They don't belong to where they felt at home. Because something had changed in them. They weren't the same anymore. And change was going to come even more so in just a few days. But I got to sitting with this and realized that we're kind of at a pivotal moment together. We're in this place where we are emerging, like halfway out of this long, long season. COVID is still a huge problem when we must maintain vigilance, and yet the future is kind of opening up a little bit more. And so for the first time in like 18 months, we can start planning to like be with family, to go on a vacation, to rest, to relax, to think about something else, to build the business back up, to make friends, to go on a date. We can start thinking about the future. But, you know, as we do, we start hearing the same phrases come back up again. Return to. Remember when. The problem is, even as we are looking towards the future, we can't see much. We can't see much because it's still uncertain. Our positivity rate is still too high, one too many. 
And we're trying to figure out how do we move forward. But a lot of times we're using back then language to find our way. And this prayer of Jesus can actually be a great conversation partner for us and help us to navigate this because, you know, a lot of times we talk in churchy language about what Jesus saved us from, sin, death, hell, being so messed up, all the back then kind of stuff that we forget that there's more to the story. He didn't just save us from something. He saved us for something. And the passage that we read, that prayer actually from the book of Psalms, is kind of the, the, the charcoal sketch of what that something is. It's something that the prophet Jeremiah actually picked up and used to give people hope when they were a long way from home. And it's actually an image that Jesus repackaged 20 minutes before this when he described himself as the true vine. If we remain in him, we'll be okay. The psalmist gives us this picture of people that are joyful, which sounds like wishful thinking, Christian, feel-good faith kind of stuff, but it's a bedrock promise. Happy are they who sit with the law, the commandments, the teachings, the instructions of God and meditate on it. And it changes them. And it changes them in the way of this gorgeous image. It's actually on, on the front of your bulletin, which was a stunning piece of art. A tree. This gorgeous tree that is planted and rooted deep by the living water of Christ's forever presence. A tree that is growing to fullest maturity and at the right time bears fruit. What Paul riffs on later on and calls the fruit of the Spirit. That fruit that's to be enjoyed. That really defines who we are, our freedom as a people of love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So as you move forward, you have the freedom to not define where you're going by where you've been. Jesus has given us all that we need to keep our way, as the old school language says, but more than that, to feel like we're making progress to feel like we're growing, like we're headed in the right direction because for us, we don't belong to the patterns and the ways of back then. We have quite literally been reprogrammed, recalibrated to where our energy comes from something different. Our joy comes from something different. What we define as love is different what gives us life is different than back then. And so, friends, as you are looking towards the future, do it. Do it boldly. And know that what was doesn't have to be 
what's coming. Maybe God is calling you to do a new thing. You know, we talk about God as a creator just sort of in the first part of the Bible. It's actually not true. He's never stopped creating opportunities for us to feel nourished. Places where we can find friends. Places like this where we can hear these incredible musicians and just be nourished in the depth of our souls through music. Opportunities to recapture maybe a prayer life that has gone fallow during COVID, which has happened to a lot of us. So wherever you're going, wherever you're headed, whoever you are becoming, Remember that looking behind in a rearview mirror doesn't help when you're trying to drive forward. The way that we move forward together as family is by listening to what gives us life, to the goodness of God that manifests itself in prayer, in scripture, in community, and asking for forgiveness in returning to God in a deeper way, and maybe just saying, hey, I've never met you before. Thank you. Who are you? Let's hang out. That's who we are. That's who God is calling us to be. As Scripture tells us, that's where our real hope comes from. In a future that is not our own, Because we are free to not live for ourselves. We are free to not live for our bills. We are free to not live for our careers or our hopes or our dreams. We are free for bigger things than that. To live for Christ alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Jesus, there is nothing more liberating than resting in your presence and feeling that the entire workbench of life, though it be full, is nevertheless encapsulated in your words on the cross. It is finished. Your love is enough. Your grace is literally all that we need. And as much as we say that, we thank you so much for allowing us to experience that truth for ourselves. So keep doing a new thing in our lives. Keep leading us to places of new depth and new beauty as we recommit ourselves in all the days to come to your glory. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. Just stand and sing. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. My chains are gone. And uh, I, I love this. I love this song. It's particularly the my chains are gone part. I forget that a lot. The, the book says the curse of sin has been broken. It's the, in the garden, that curse of sin, broken. So any sin that we still have in our life, any chains, we're holding to ourselves. They, they don't need to be there. They can just fall off. 
Let's sing of that amazing grace that did that for us.
may be seated. You okay? <laughs> That's a teammate right there. I'm standing, she's standing, she's got it. As God has spoken to us, we have the opportunity, as we were talking about, as that song said better than hardly pretty much anybody could ever say, that we are free. Free to worship God with the totality of who we are. And one of the many ways that we do that in prayer, in service, in mission projects, in reconciliation, in worship, one of the many ways that we do so is through the giving of tithes and offerings to God. Devoting all of who we are by devoting a portion of the great gifts that he has given us so that someone else can feel the love of God through us. And so as we do, there are offering plates for those of you joining us here in person as you exit the AC. And for those of you joining us from home, again, we're so glad that you're here. You can easily give on the donate tab on our main page website and please hear us. This is worship. This is who we are. This is what we do as a people of grace and generosity because what he did in our lives. So would you join me now in a word of prayer? Jesus, at the beginning and at the end of our days, we are yours. And when we have nothing and when we have everything, you are the great equalizer, the great redeemer, the great healer that cuts through all the noise and is there for us in ways that we could never be for ourselves. And so as you have empowered us to be your agents of grace, of healing, of radical love, we devote to you these tithes and offerings. And we ask that you would receive them and magnify them for your glory. We're not here to build our own kingdom. We're already a part of one, and it is incredible. And we worship you, Lord, with all of who we are. And we recommit our lives to you in this act of devotion. And Lord, as we sit in this beautiful place, in the stillness of being centered in your presence, we remember that there are so many people not far away, but near to us. We're sitting in spaces of pain, of illness, of rejection, of deep and abiding poverty that is suffocating their sense of self and well-being. Lord, there are so many who are still wrestling with and fighting for their lives with COVID. And there are so many who have chosen this time to be one of division. Lord, we ask that you would breathe into our community. Breathe peace. Breathe hope, not in us, but in you, in your goodness and love. Breathe into areas of conflict and war all throughout, not just in, in, in countries far away where it is literally war, but culture war here at home, where, where we make the false choice that we have to choose between some people and others, and you say, no, all that's gone there's no Jew, Greek, male, or female. None of it. We are all one in your love that claims us. So we thank you, Lord. And we ask that you would empower us to go and be 
your ambassadors of love to our community. Be with all leaders of government and industry that they may work for the equity, the equality, the benefit of all people as you do. And Lord, be with your holy church. Empower it to be truly your hands and feet in this world. Lord, we lift you all of these words and the multitude that are unspoken with the words that you taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, saying together, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you guys to stand up um, to, uh, as we just continue Worshiping in song, uh, that was such a beautiful sermon, and I loved how you worded um, the way that like Jesus was so intentional with his disciples, and he just continued unfolding this story of what was coming, and it's because of what he did, and it's because of the sacrifice that he made that he made a way, and it's because that he made a way that we are then able to walk in that freedom we're able to walk in that bravery because he makes us brave because we don't have to do it on our own he's fighting for us his love is enough and so as we sing this song I just encourage you to reflect on maybe something that you're scared to do or scared to walk through and where can Christ help make you brave in that instance
Yeah, let's do that. Let's get out of here and go be who he has empowered us to be. People of love, joy, peace, and all of it and more. May the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest with and abide with each of you. Each of you. Now and forever, family. Amen.